the number one Costa Rica real estate and investment podcast, bringing you experts from all over Costa Rica. Good morning, guys. Welcome to Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments Podcast with me, your host, Richard Beckson. Today, episode 164. It's crazy to think that I've done 164 of these things and keep doing them. Um, but today we're going to be talking with Morgan Osborne uh, of Christie's International up in Flamingo, Guanacaste. So we're going to be chatting with Morgan kind of about what's happening in the market, uh, what advice she has for buyers, uh, and sh where she believes that there is still value uh, in the market and where she would personally invest her money as well. Remember, guys, if anyone's looking to do anything in Costa Rica, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, I always say that we can take you from idea to cash flow, um, you know, pretty swiftly uh, and just make you understand, you know, all of the uh, all of the angles from it, from actually buying, uh, making sure that you have the structure correctly, project managing builds, um, bidding, architects. Uh, even just buying a condo. I mean, we have quite a few clients who just contact us about buying a condo just because we have access to all of the vacation rental data in Costa Rica uh, and also tourism as well. We just understand that market very well um, just because I managed about a billion dollars of luxury vacation sales to this country. So um, anyway, you can contact us info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. It doesn't matter what it is. Just reach out, send us an email, guys, even if it's just to say hello. Um, you know, it's there's no obligation here. Uh, I just like to chat with people. So and just kind of guide them. Uh, as many of you know uh, that have worked with us, have uh, are working with us, or that I've just given advice to. Um, you know, I'm always I'm an open book, so I'm always happy to hand out my uh, my rolodex. So, but anyway, let's get straight into the podcast. Good morning, Morgan. How are you doing? Good morning. I am over here at the marina, enjoying a nice hot morning. How are you? Fantastic. Good, good. I'm actually here in um, Los Sueños, Mario. That's when I was down in Ooh, um, Los Antonio. Sueños. Kids are on vacation for a week. So, uh, there so you yeah. Go. Yeah. So, but uh, well, really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I know that you're juggling chainsaws over there between the marina and also uh, Christie's as well. So, uh, you're, you're, I know you're very, very busy, but appreciate you coming on the podcast, chatting with us kind of about what's going on in your area uh, and just getting some information out there. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Morgan, the first question I always like to ask is just kind of getting an update of kind of what's happening in the market. As I'm sure that you're aware, you know, we've got, in, I would say, rising inflation rates, but God knows where that's going in the world, you know, slowing economies. But like, what are you seeing happening in Costa Rica and specifically, you know, kind of in Guanacaste real estate? Yeah, so it's interesting. What I'm seeing, especially being in the marina, I feel like it's a whole different clientele I'm getting in front of. I'm seeing a lot of the high like stakeholders are getting personal loans to finance their house in Costa Rica. So yep. in that case, I mean, Guanacaste real estate has been probably one of the best it's been in over a decade, especially after COVID. I think everyone got the itch, um, regardless of, you know, your political stance, people wanting to shift money out of the states. But it's been, you know, Guanacaste is definitely appealing to high income, high income buyers looking for investment properties. And are you seeing any slowdown? I mean, some other people have mentioned, you know, that they've, they've definitely seen a bit of a, a quieter, you know, last couple of months. Have you seen that? Um, I think um, it's steady. I mean, typically, as right now, it is low season, but I'm sure that we will see, you know, pick back up November, December. I think the main thing here is, you know, demand and supply. There's there's limited inventory. There's only so many beachfront houses you can have. And yep. um, that's really what people are looking for, especially in like the Flamingo area, you know, Tamarindo and those beachfront houses are going for at least. I mean, you can't find anything in Flamingo for a beachfront less than a million. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's 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 interesting you say that because I was. I'm looking for a property in Manuel Antonio at the moment and mentioned to a realtor, hey, I'm looking for this. And her response was LOL. 
um yeah. you know and i was like um like does that mean that they don't exist well they're Come again. easy to find richard <laughs> exactly exactly so um but i mean look i i think we we have seen a, a a bit of a slowdown compared to probably 20 you know 2021 2022 but like again as i said everyone was drunk but i think that you make a great point there <laughs> which is the which is the demand and supply here of like mm-hmm. the demand you know typically outstrips the supply and costa rica just is on everyone's radar at the moment um, it really is. And another thing is, I think that um, due to COVID and it being slow, a lot of people took that time. And there's a lot of, I mean, there's abundance of new high-end developments coming in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, what do you think the, the next 12 to 18 months look like for Guanacaste real estate? I'm thinking it will remain steady for what we call at least slow season right now. Um, it may drop a little. We are seeing, you know, like you said, a little bit of, you know, it's being a little stagnant right now that is normal um i'm really hoping that you know high season november december kickoff and i think that you know the marina especially in the flamingo area has really changed the game for real estate and just putting flamingo back on the map again so yeah. i'm hoping that it will it'll get better at least stay steady yeah i mean i i, I yeah it's going to be very interesting again as you mentioned in the next you know the next 12 to 18 months um I, you know, I'm on, on my side, the demand is still pretty strong. So I think there's something mm-hmm. coming high season is still going to be there. And it's just, there's just not much on the market, as you said. I mean, we've got some new stuff coming on the market. Um, but a lot I think of it's it, not ready though for another year or two, you know, it's almost like pre-construction for, or pre-sale. Yep. So it's going to take a second. Well, I mean, the advantage of that is, you know, potentially we might see a swing more to the buyer. So the buyer has a little bit more power. Um, you know, but that being said, you know, Morgan, you and I were working on some stuff over in like the Tamarindo Langosta area, and definitely that's a seller's market still. Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, so. It's yeah, it's quick as well. I mean, I think another thing to think of too is it's it's more difficult for North Americans or people that aren't used to um, the way sales work here. Is you know, people here don't have mortgages on their houses, therefore, you know, they don't really care about the financing as much. They're going to take the first cash offer for the most part as they can. So I think yep. that's kind of a different process to explain to clients that aren't used to buying internationally or especially in Costa Rica versus, you know, in the States. So that's been a definitely yep. a. Well, I mean, definitely where you are in Flamingo and also kind of Tamarindo. I mean, these are two main like hubs for people having vacation rentals, people owning homes or making investment. I mean, how would you compare the two and which would you say it would be a better investment? Yeah, I think it's really difficult, the two, right? It's like apples and oranges. Come to me, completely yep. different locations. There's no comparison. Uh, to me, Tamarindo would be more appealing for the younger generation. There's such a high amount of, you know, tourists there. There's a high amount of rentals there. The plethora of restaurants and nightclubs, activities generates a lot of the tourist interest. I'm sure if you went to the airport and asked most people, you know, I mean, Tamarindo's on the map. Most of them are going to Tamarindo to have fun. Yep. Um, I think Flamingo appeals to maybe a higher end crowd. It's definitely become a higher price point. Um, but then again, you also have, you know, Portrayal and Surfside, which have great rentals. Um, I think if I was going for having a good property management program, it'd probably be Tamarindo as of right now. Who knows what the future holds in Flamingo? But I'm seeing as of right now, a lot of people in Flamingo, at least like Flamingo and Portrayal, are more, more so buying for like luxury residences. People yeah. wanting to live there personally, not as much focusing on the rental or ROI. But I think it's more so like them wanting to bring their family down or having another beach house, you know, a seasonal house. So I would think if it came to investment vacation rental, I would probably choose Tamarindo for right now. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I think that, you know, the data, 
actually flamingo is really good as well like mm -hmm. i mean there's you know it actually i think flamingo has an actual better average daily rate on condos than tamarindo does just because there as you mentioned there's a plethora of like condos there in tamarindo especially the one and two bedrooms whereas in flamingo there's not as like there are they exist but there's not as many rarely yeah there's not no. much not much inventory unless there are some resales yeah exactly so like the average daily rate appears to be higher in flamingo than tamarindo but the occupancy you know in tamarindo kind of outstrips flamingo a little bit but not much there's not that much difference there i think you nailed it there too though i think occupancy yeah because there's more people to be tamarindo and then again though if you have a if you have a house or you're doing proper management in flamingo i think obviously the price point is going to switch you can charge yeah. a lot higher in, in a flamingo i would say per night in well, general I mean, as you said that the, the clientele is definitely different um mm -hmm. you know i mean you know tamarindo is kind of that first time you know person that arrives uh, everyone goes to Tamarindo. That's exactly what I tell, you know, buyers, you know, that's like your risk-free first one. But then, you know, once you want to really see some, some main and you're, you're able to kind of move around and feel more comfortable, then I would definitely go and, you know, invest in Flamingo or invest in, you know, other beaches around, yep. you know, Costa Rica, go down South, you know, you can definitely, definitely move around. Well, you'd mentioned about kind of like, you know, the marina has now re-put Flamingo on the map because, I mean, in the 90s, Flamingo was the place, you know, it was happening, you know, and then it just kind of quietened down. I think that moved to probably Los Sueños, actually, um, you know, a lot of that fishing moved then down to Los Sueños, like it used to be Ocotal, then it was Flamingo. Now I think it's Los Sueños. And then from Los Sueños, it's kind of dispersed to Kepos and maybe a little bit. And now it's kind of going back up to Flamingo. I mean, what yes. has been the impact of the marina on Flamingo? And what do you think that that's going to do for the area long term? Yeah. So, I mean, so we've been open at least for a year and I'm the director of marketing um, in Flamingo. So I'm here every day. So what I have noticed is, you know, this is already bringing in a huge new clientele, um, you know, on the slip aspect, we have super yachts coming in and larger boat, boats, which are bringing in their owners and they're starting to charter out here and only doing chartering the Pacific. Um, so we're seeing a lot of people coming in and also wanting to have their boat here, but also live near their boat. Um, yep. When it comes to overall, I think the marina is bringing Flamingo obviously back on the map. But as a community, it's also able to offer a lot more jobs to locals and we're able to integrate surrounding communities. And I think, um, you know, like a couple of weeks ago or say a week ago, I can't remember, I'm losing my mind here nowadays. <laughs> I had a, a desfile de faroles and I thought, you know, maybe 60 people will come and there was like 350 and it was amazing. Wow. And people from, you know, all the different schools from Korea, which used to be the old country day school. I used to go to, you know, Journey, Santa Cruz municipality, we had dancers. I mean, Grande, they all came together and it was it was so cool to see, you know, everyone really, you know, heard the word. It was a buzz and it was really fun. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because I think as you said there, Flamingo has a different crowd, but I think there's probably more families living in that area as well than there probably is yeah, in the town. Yeah, think about it too in the map. Yeah, we have um all the school so many schools, you know, we're surrounded by so many schools. And I think the one, you know, great part about the marina, the highlights, you know, most boaters come here now is we're one of the only marinas actually has a, it's around a community. It's around Flamingo. If you go to Pez Vela and, um, you know, Papagayo, they're great marinas, but there's, there's you know, nothing. you can walk to Flamingo here and there you're kind of stuck or you have to go somewhere to find all the amenities here. Now we have, you know, four restaurants on site, we have a medical center, we have law offices, we have, you know, shopping, you can walk to, you know, Flamingo Beach, eat at Coco Loco, or, you know, ride your bike to Portrayal on Surfside. So I think in the last couple of years, you know, lots, lots been happening here. Yeah. I mean, what are the main communities that people look at when they look at Flamingo? I mean, as you said there, that, you know, there's a lot of high end boat owners kind of coming in and that always happens. I mean, you know, I mean, 
I think that the example again is Los Sueños because, you know, even though it's a bit of a garden of Eden, cause it's just Los Sueños, you know, you have the boat yeah. owners come in and then they also buy a house or they buy a condo, you know, I mean, where are those people buying typically, would you say Morgan? Yeah. So um, they're looking at Flamingo. They're looking at Las Catalinas, obviously, you know, it's about 20 minutes away, but that's a great development. We have a lot of people. Um, so one of our actual restaurants, the Matias, which is uh, connected to, um, I am zoning out Zapotal. Yep. Zapotal Discovery Group. So that's big. They'll come, they'll come through. Um, we have a lot of people, you know, maybe Reserva Conchal, which has housing around like the Weston area. Um, I am seeing a lot of people wanting to be in, you know, gated secu- like security, which again, yep. l- limited inventory. I know Chrissy's working on something upcoming, which is, you know, still kind of, you know, a secret, but Cantamars coming out on the books. So that's going to be high end, you know, bills and residences that start at 5 million. So we're starting to get a lot of traction there. But I'd say when people come in, they really like, you know, Las Catalinas. They like um, like Zapotal area. They like um, higher end, but gated gated communities. They want to feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we don't, there's not a huge amount of them, if that makes sense either. No. You know, and I think that goes back to the demand supply, which you talked about at the beginning of the, of the podcast. So, so yeah. Exactly. I mean, you have a lot of experience in marketing, Morgan, and as you said there, because you're, you're, you're head of sales and marketing over there at the Marina. I mean, and let's just kind of change gears to vacation rentals, because I also know, you know, being in real estate, also you're in, you know, kind of, we always touch on the vacation rental side of the business as well. I mean, how do you think people could do a better job of just marketing their vacation rental? Because a lot of people look at buying them and vacationing it, but like, how do they market it? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, people tend to forget that word of mouth is great, but focusing on reviews, like TripAdvisor, you can sit there and talk about your house or your rental all day long, but they're going to trust someone else that went there, <laughs> you know? So I think, you yep. know, TripAdvisor, Google My Businesses, making sure you're on all the booking platforms. Um, Facebook rental group chats are really big here. So, you know, I was marketing, I was at a job in the States doing marketing for a big law firm and there it's all digital, but here it's, it's digital as well, but you forget like the network of people that you really need to get in front of. And there are so many real estate agents and so many property management programs that'll help you out. So I think, you know, joining those, Facebook chats, joining the WhatsApp, um, you know, property management groups, um, keeping yourself in the community, getting in front of the right people, bringing digital marketing back is always key. So Facebook and Instagram sponsored ads, you know, to be able to geotarget or be able to um, get in front of your target audience instead of just, you know, a billboard or, or word of mouth. So I think just kind of upping the, the spend on marketing and being able to put some in, in digital would help a lot. Awesome. I always like to ask people in real estate, um, you know, again, is there a listing that you have that delivers value? Because I think people are always looking for value. Like if anyone's, if anyone has money, they want to purchase it, like it's going to be an emotional decision, but there has to be some logic behind it, you know, of course. Yeah. But like, do you, is there anything that comes to mind that you guys have a listing for that you think still delivers value? Yeah. So actually one of my favorite, and it's my listing is, um, it's a lot five in Flamingo. It's one of the last lots available with direct ocean and beach access. So this would be perfect for a client that's looking, you know, obviously an investment. It would be a client looking for a high-end um, residential development, whether it's like six to eight large tropical residential homes. And I could, you could sell each one for about a million, I'm sure. Uh, the listing itself is 14,722 square meters, and yep. it's going for $6.5 million. Um, yeah, my, my family uh, owns it. They're developers here, and they've been here for about 35 years. But it's one that, you know, I haven't really promoted that much because we're not in need to like, sell right away. But I think that has just so much value because we just talked about Flamingo, you know, not having as much inventory. And this is basically a, I couldn't say private beach, but basically a private beach that you could use secluded to all your clients. Yeah. 
I mean, it's, it's in, you know, I always say to people of like, it's like taking a pizza and slicing it up. Sometimes that, you know, the money that you get after you've sold the slices is more than just selling the pizza itself. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. And just the clientele coming into Flamingo, as you mentioned there, I mean, once you start getting super yachts come in, you know, a couple of million bucks is nothing to these guys. Well, yeah, exactly. And like I said, you can't find a beachfront home in Flamingo for under a million dollars nowadays anyways. Yeah, exactly. So, well, there you go, guys. If we've got any developers listening to this, uh, reach out to Morgan there. And, um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, a lot of people looking to move now and also relocate uh, to Costa Rica. And they're always asking like, okay, what am I going to do for work? And I'm always like, look, you know, there's money in the street. You just need to pick it up. But like there are services that are missing. I mean, what businesses and services do you think are still missing in Guanacaste? Um, many, but I think I'm a work in Flamingo all day. So I think when it came to at least Flamingo or that, yeah, Guanacaste area, I mean, dry cleaning, I, wow. I, can't think of where I can go dry cleaning my clothes and I have like, you know, nice linen clothing or it's the simple things, you know, I don't think that we have access to, um, like when it comes to medical and pharmacies and hospitals, we have that everywhere. So I think that's fine. But again, it's like the smaller things like, you know, in Flamingo, there's no Alta Mercado, the closest grocery store is going to be Masai, which is smaller and, and has all your organic, like higher higher end things but at the same time sometimes you just want something that's you know easy and, and big like i my groceries i have to go to auto mercado which is at least a good 30 35 minutes with traffic to tamarindo so i mean larger grocery stores dry cleaning i mean salons there's not many salons like or spa at least around the marina there's no salon or spa a lot of people you know captains or owners come in and they go fishing for the day and their wives are like hey i want to get my nails done and go to a salon or blow blow get a blowout um not a lot of there's not many options around here um i'm i'm sure that again you know it's it's all these ancillary services that come around like living here and you don't realize it until you're living here of what it is that you don't have like the convenience of it exactly exactly well awesome well moka my last question for you because i'll not keep you any longer which i love to ask everyone is if you inherited five hundred thousand dollars and had to invest it into a business or real estate in costa rica what would you do with it and why I think I would invest in income producing real estate. I personally love people. I love, you know, learning about the market and I love property management. I actually do all the leasing for the villas at the, the marina. Um, so I would definitely invest in that. And then, you know, that could be like my passion. And I think I would invest in something on a sideline, like a, a supermarket or something large. Cause I just, I mean, to me, there's unlimited demand for all products and items people need to function. It's a day-to-day need. And um, some of those things, you know, we don't have around here. So I think that would do very well. Nice. Yeah. I mean, a super, a supermarket ain't sexy, but it's probably a great business. Exactly. Exactly. The house will be sexy. Supermarket will just be smart. (laughs) Beauty and brains, beauty and brains. There you go. There you go. Well, Morgan, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on the podcast here. I will put all of your contact detail description uh, in below in the, in the description down below. Anyone that wants to reach out to Morgan can do. And again, thanks for taking the time to chat with us. Yeah. I appreciate you. And thanks for inviting me. Hope to see you soon. Awesome. Have a good one, Morgan. Ciao. Hey guys, hope you uh, enjoyed that podcast there with Morgan Osborne. Uh, as you can see, Morgan has been up in the Flamingo area basically her whole life, uh, is kind of a, uh, a gringo Costa Rican, uh, was educated here and kind of brought up here, uh, did her college in the US and then kind of come back here, uh, works at the Marina and also for Christie's International up there. So it has just a very unique viewpoint, um, you know, of both worlds as well, uh, and understands the Flamingo and the whole Guanacaste area very well, uh, as well as the Marina and what that does for an area. Uh, as I'd mentioned, I, I'm here in Los Sueños, uh, which I like to call the Garden of Eden. Um, I always come here for like a week break with the family. The kids love it. Um, but it's just a, it's a marina basically with a variety of condos and luxury homes here. Um, because again, marina,
cleaners usually attract a certain type of clientele, uh, which has, you know, as I like to say, when the but when the tide rises, all boats rise. And physically, you know, and it, you know, not metaphorically, but like physically, that's what happens here. Uh, so I think that the tide is definitely uh, rising in the Flamingo area. But anyway, remember, guys, uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please give us five stars. Uh, if you want to reach out to us about anything in Costa Rica, you can do info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. Until the next podcast, I'll speak to you soon. The number one Costa Rica real estate and investment podcast, bringing you experts from all over Costa Rica 